Welcome to Revere Assets, Your Money, with Danny Stewart. You never know how far the stock is going to go down. Tim Razor. Danny knows I'm a geek for all of this stuff. And Don Vandenborg. Telling it like it is. If you're seeking the best stock knowledge this side of Wall Street, you've come to the right place. I'm sorry, did I steal your stuff? No, you didn't steal any thunder. Who's handling this segment? (laughs) For the next hour, Danny, Tim, and Don will be talking investing. Investing is 90% psychological, and I love that. Trades. The market will usually overshoot to the downside and to the upside. And dumpster fires. Because it doesn't matter what you think or what I think, and it matters even less what Danny thinks. And now, here's your hosts... Danny, Tim, and Don. Got a lot uh, to cover here as we welcome you into the uh, the cathedral, Daniel, of uh, financial information. Uh, welcome to another edition of Your Money Radio. Uh, Danny Stewart, uh, Don Edward, Hunter Mazingo, Alex Kadus, I'm Tim Razor. Our illustrious producer, uh, Zach, is with us. Now listen, there's a lot going on uh, in the world these days. And, and normally I have something to bring you into the tent. Uh, it's a little funny, a little... A little humorous. Some people don't like the humor. I'm not going to lie to you. Some people, uh, they <laughs> really, they, uh, yeah, yeah, shocker. Uh, some people don't care for the monologues. And so what I've done is I've managed to just stall here for literally 32 seconds to uh, agitate the one person that keeps sending me emails. But that's just me talking to you. You know, the best part about the show, Daniel, is when someone writes to me and says, like, like the, they address their email as if I was talking directly to them Mm -hmm. and i think that's that is really why you send your kids to the connecticut school of broadcasting upstairs from the cbs and you know of course stanford connecticut yes because they teach you to come through the microphone and i'm just we're just having a conversation you and me we're talking about serious things in the marketplace and um serious non-serious things to start off the show and it's a legitimate question i usually don't go down this road because uh, as you know, Daniel, I like to avoid, I don't think that markets or our show should be controversial in any way. Like we don't, like the markets, uh, I believe, and you believe, uh, and Don and the, the fellas believe, like the, you know, the market has to, tra- like we have to transcend politics. Mm-hmm. We have to transcend news because if you get caught up in, um, to give you an example, who's the knucklehead? Uh, by the way, you can only say knucklehead like Charles Barkley says knucklehead. 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 Uh, knucklehead. Um, which is the best way to say knucklehead. <laughs> you got to roll it Which is, the by the way, how I've gotten Remy to not curse in the car with me because he's heard me say curse words yeah. when I'm taking him to daycare. Oh, that jar's with, full. With, oh, that jar is very <laughs> full. And so here's the thing. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not when your wife is yelling at you about it. So we're driving, right? And everyone's a bad driver but me. Now, I've got Always. Remy telling me. <laughs> That's right. I've got Remy telling me. That's funny if you've seen Tim drive. They're all know. bad drivers, right, Dada? I'm like, yes, they are, sure Remy. Are. And then, and then, like, I was cursing when I would ta- address the other drivers. And I'm not an angry driver. I'm just like, you, you know, and then Remy, I caught him repeating. I'm like, no, Remy, those aren't Remy words. And they really shouldn't be my words either. So let's figure out what we're going to call these people. And I just let out with knuckleheads. And he goes, yeah, they're all knuckleheads. And so anyway, we came up with knuckleheads. It's a good one. 
Yeah. 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 That's good. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Anyway. Now he's going to start calling his siblings knuckleheads. No, he, right. he, no we only, that's a car word for just okay. me and him. Okay. But okay. He, is a, he is allowed to tell Tanya that I am the best driver he's ever met. That we did cover <laughs> at nausea. Yeah. I've got like. How an, much did you Well, pay outside him? of Dan. Yeah, outside of Dan. Because Don, every, Don, Don, you really need to see Tim drive. No, I really. It's I, amazing. He can fly a helicopter, but man, the, the car on the ground gives him No cars trouble. up there, really? man. That's right. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> traffic up there so the, the show transcends politics and and it transcends like who's the knucklehead how i got on that tangent who tried to short tesla recently the guy the guy from oh you the guy from the big short i just oh, forget his oh, name uh, uh, yeah, michael, yeah. michael michael barry barry who barry, no michael is michael barry michael burry what is his name burry b-u-r-r-y i believe shaka khan shaka khan shaka khan shaka khan uh michael burry and so uh what a knucklehead like, like you can't like, and, and, and that's the whole thing, right? Like when you start intermixing opinion, right? Which a lot of politics is opinion, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of short theory, short thesis is what, Daniel? Opinion. opinion. And, they, and, and they try to sway you. And like Michael Burry comes out with what a, what a, what a, like a Michael Scott type uh, PowerPoint presentation on why you should be shorting Tesla. I want to get his ass handed to him. And this is the thing. Like how many athletes, how many people do you know have ridden one good season like into a 10-year career that's meant nothing? Now, Michael Burry nailed it, right? But a lot of people don't realize that Michael Burry, knucklehead, uh, absolutely almost bankrupted his firm along the way. He, he, he stayed the course and, and the held those guns and made billions. So let me let you in on an insight, stock nerds and market lovers, and I love you dearly, and I want you to be able to explain to your spouses when you're in a trade and it's not going the way you think it should be, here, here, I'm going to give you the code. I'm going to give you the word that you should use when talking to your loved ones about the trade that isn't going well and why your kids can't go to Wellington Prep Academy anymore and they're, and they're going to school on the corner.com. We're early. You say those two magic words, we're early. Because you can imagine the So meme. you don't say, oh, honey, don't be no, a knucklehead. No, no, no. You don't you, say, oh, honey, don't be a knucklehead. No, no. You don't you say, <laughs> say honey, work. you never, you never <laughs> let in that you're being a knucklehead, that you're being a stubborn knucklehead. Michael Burry was a stubborn knucklehead. There were multiple times he could have gotten in that trade after he got in, but he didn't. He, he had a thesis, Daniel. And I've known, and, and the, the road in investment heaven is investment heaven's next to dog heaven, by the way. Uh, well, depending on who you are, maybe it's, maybe it's in hell. But investment heaven is littered with the arses of people who have been early, okay? But investment hell is littered with different things, which brings me to Dave Portnoy. Oh, no. And so... <laughs> Oh, no, it doesn't. We really got to get a mute button. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea oh, where this is going, but oh, I'm, I'm afraid. No, no, you don't know. I'll be afraid. See, see okay, now what, you, yes. we, what I did Just there, Stockton. Just don't make a, Zach edit a bunch of stuff. No, no, I, no I, we don't pay for that. Okay. And so, <laughs> that's right. That's you don't. You don't. You don't. The, 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 you the, don't. No, here's, here's, here's the thing that you don't know, Stockners. I, I, I'm pretty sure I have to pay every for every Zach edit from now on. So we don't. We do the show one take. It's right. One take show. One take show. Every time. Everybody knows the rules. It's one live, take. man. It's, it's a live, live show. Yeah, by the way, that is exactly true. Wherever you're at, wherever you're listening to us, however you're listening to us, we are live right now with you. It's live. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's also live right now? What's that? As of uh, 2 p.m. Eastern time. The Dave, Dave Portnoy, Portnoy press, press conference. conference yeah. Ex oh, don't. Don't. Uh, don't. Don't, 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 don
Okay. Don't steal. See, that's what Tim's happens. No, no, no. That's what we're going <laughs> to talk you about. Can, you can. You can. Hey, can you pump Don? Can Can I get the volume? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me mind. play with that. Yeah. 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 So, um, I need music on the monitors, yes. please. Yeah, yeah. Um, so D- Dave's having a press conference, right? D- Don alluded to it, uh, and some allegations have been strewn across the investment galaxy shot across the bow there's been some shots across the bow and i don't want to get it i don't want to get into whatever transpired on what would be the surface news there which is very big by the way mm-hmm. not really i mean it's it's it, it whatever it is it is what i do want to get into is what dave has alleged and shown some some interesting um proof of but uh, it needs verification and that is the front running or the buying of puts that for the week the day of you you know for the week where that story was released and that to me is really the interest there's multiple facets i want to be really careful here because uh the the story i just you know what the story itself may or may not be troubling, may or may not be true, and, and that's not what I want to get into. What I do believe is a very valid discussion point for our show, for a moment, just for a moment, is the obligation or, or the, the wonderment in my mind are, I'm going to use air quotes, journalists, people that write stories, are they front-running their own stories when they write about public companies? And Business and, and, Insider and, and, does write about stocks. They, 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 it's called Business Insider. insider. And they write yeah. about stocks. Wouldn't companies. it be something if Business Insider, run by Henry Blodgett, got busted for insider trading? How many people in uh, Business Insider? Now, I'm not coming to – this might seem like, Tim, you're attacking Business Insider. I'm, I'm actually going to go across the spectrum here to New York Times, to even Wall Street Journal, to all news, anyone who writes about business. Because, listen, folks, you, there's no regulatory system in this country to prevent it. There's regulators. But what stops the author of the story from sprinkling 10 puts? You know what? I got a thousand bucks here. Well, let's. Can we give a little of the background so people don't? All I'm saying is, so they were running a negative story. They ran a negative story about Dave Portnoy. Uh, Dave Portnoy, but then they th- allegedly shorted before they released it. Shorted. Well, they don't know who did it. That's that's what I want to be careful. Right. About. Yeah. Right. And so the that's people, what he's alleging. That, that's what he's alleging. Dave thank, thank, Yeah. And and that's why I want to be careful here because there's only going to be a few people who know that that story's running mm-hmm. when it's running. Mm-hmm. That no, un- unless she's telling her folks, unless she like, and I mean by her folks, her parents or her siblings or like, what's to stop if you've got a hot scoop, right? And you're not paid very well or paid what you think you're worth. Why shouldn't you make a few extra bucks on the story? Could be the thinking. Or you're simply just trying to make lots of money and you already got some money. doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor. It's are you insider trading? So which guy, So the whole thought process it was like this. It, it, you know, I find what's happening. Like, and, I'm, and I'm wondering if one of the fellas is monitoring the Dave Portnoy emergency press conference. The, this, I, I don't, the, the, whatever the salaciousness, the, there's, that's a whole other angle that uh, it does not interest the show right now. But if he gets into the insider trading, that part I am very interested in. Very much. Uh, and here's the thing that you know, a lot of people don't realize. Your, your, your tracks are everywhere, stock nerds. When, when, you, when you go in and put, especially with these options, 
Like it, it's just obvious because it's human nature. And as you know, Daniel, I say investing is 90% psychological and that psychological port part is often greed. And so what will happen is the person who has a tip uh, will go in and buy the most outlandish call or the, outla- the call that has C, how calls are measured, Daniel, is by Delta, Delta. And that Delta tells you pretty much the percentage of chance that that call or put has of working. So if you buy a Delta, like a Delta uh, one, that's 100, like 101, right? But if you buy all the way down the scale, like Delta 70, and you keep going down, like if you buy a Delta two, it's a 20% chance that it's going to work. Like that, so you, whatever, and, and they, they price them out of the money, right? The, the lower the delta there, the higher probability it has of that trade not working. And, and by the way, it's the market makers who set that. They can be wrong, but they're, they're kind of the insiders themselves, right? And so they, they kind of know how to price these things. That's why outsized moves get such a big, uh, get such big news coverage because it doesn't happen, quite unquote, so often. Anyway. Anyway, this is the same Henry Blodgett that's banned for life from the securities industry for recommending stocks as an go. analyst at a brokerage company while Merrill simultaneously Lynch. calling no, that pieces mean... of garbage so Don in emails. Had... Tump and dump. Yeah, he was Don, pumping Don, and No, no, he was. Retail investors, he got caught red-handed. His own I don't, emails I don't think burned he's, him. I don't think he's dumb enough. I don't think Henry Blodgett is dumb enough. To do it again? I, I don't. But that doesn't mean that someone in that chain... At biz, I don't think Henry Blodgett, if you said, Tim, do you think Henry Blodgett committed some kind of insider trading? I don't think Henry Blodgett's second crack at life, like he's going to go to prison if it, if it happened. No, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, like he's not going to give up his wife, his family for this. <laughs> for Dave Portnoy. No, <laughs> like, no, he's not. And so uh, that, that's my opinion. But do I think uh, somebody inside that circle who knew when that story was going to run, did something. Potential. It's going to be interesting. Oh, I believe that. I do believe that. And and there. so what I was getting to is that your tracks are everywhere, stock nerds, when you buy calls and puts. And uh, they, they will get uh, the warrants to go into the brokerages and figure out who did the buying. They're getting an options tracker. And so when you sign up for an account and you provide all your Patriot data information, because that's what you have to provide to have an account here in America. There ain't no criminal going to get let. There's no stone unturned. It might take a little bit until they get the, the proper warrants and the proper – so the proper investigative authority is finally alerted to this. Uh, but you will be caught, and it's never, it's never worth it. It's just not. And, but the thing is, if you didn't do it egregiously, right, let's just say uh, you, you sprinkle in like five or ten puts – you know, like, that's not really that big of a deal. Like, oh, no, I just. But if when you do 100, like you've never We're just get inside trade a little bit. Yeah, well, no, that's that's what I'm getting at. There's it's all a matter of degree. You, you can't. Well, we know what you are. We're just look, haggling over price. You, now. Danny knows me. I think cynicism is a disease. I think if you choose to live, live your life as a cynical person, eventually it just grinds you down and it wears you down. And it, and it makes life, quite frankly, in, in my opinion, unenjoyable. Now, so I am cynical, though, about this issue because there's no regulatory authority that's, that's deep enough here in America that's going to come in and catch 
the spouse, the brother, the the father. Oh, what story are you working on there, son? Oh, I'm no, working. No, I don't. I don't uh, know about no. that. They they pull uh, they pull family members' accounts. They audit their accounts. When they audit me, the first thing they want is all employees and spouses' accounts. We're, we're a different story. We're not writing hit pieces. Yeah, but if there's insider trading accusations, they, the first thing they do is they think you're not dumb enough to do it yourself. So they go to your brother, your right. brother-in-law, your mother. Let's take, they let's go to see, family Let's, let's use the Journal of the New York Times in this example, right? Okay. There's going to come a story out on Hertz or Wynn or something. And it's just in passing where, hey, son, what story are you working on? Oh, Steve Wynn's got some salacious allegations. The, fa- the son might not even know. The daughter might not even know that the father or the mother went and placed those trades. And that, that's kind of what I'm saying here, Daniel. Yeah, no, I get and, it, and, and, but and they're still on the hook for it. The, it doesn't matter. If they ever get caught. Yeah. And the five or ten calls or puts will never get caught. But when you buy a boatload, a gazillion puts that clearly have, for that week, because they have weeklies on pen, that clearly have no chance of hitting. Before the story hits, oh, now you've left bear tracks. And, and so I think that part of the story is extremely interesting. And it really got me thinking credibly. Now, do I want to believe we have a journalistic media? And by the way, journalism has changed. It did just be, the democratization of information as uh, provided by the internet has allowed anyone to be a journalist. But, but before you go, well, just anybody can be a journalist. Hey, listen here, folks. Anyone could have been a journalist before. The club was just much smaller and exclusive. See, that's the difference, right? It was ABC, CBS, NBC. But now, you know, when the Internet democratized things, oh, what, what the hell is Yahoo News? Yeah, and and uh, it allowed more places to become news sources for folks, whether you like them or not. And so anyone could have been a journalist before. There's no special test. Like, you have to pass the bar to become a lawyer, right? Mm-hmm. By the way, I got a lawyer story for you. Mm-hmm. The car crash king saw a billboard for that this week. And let it be a Marine who is the car crash king. So, like, the Texas Hammer is uh, the guy on the billboards. I'm the Texas Hammer. And, like, he's got – and then you've got the, the law lion, right, in Dallas. And then you have the law boss. In Dallas to see those strong arm, yeah, yeah. strong arm of the law. And now I've see the Marine like this is the beauty of Marines. First off, Marine Corps. We don't have doctors. Marine Corps birthday, November 10th, yesterday. Veterans Day, by the way. On the 11th day of the 11th hour, we celebrate the people that provide the freedom in this country. And oh, by the way, it's such an important observance. So does Great Britain. So does France. The free world celebrates the free people that they are, and it came out of Armistice Day of World War I, on the 11th day, on the 11th hour. And what we're discussing right here, folks, is absolutely all about freedom. Now, I, I go back to the car crash king. Uh, so the Marine Corps, we don't have doctors, right? No, no, the Navy can do that. No, no, no. We have lawyers. We want our own legal representation because we are going to get into some trouble here. <laughs> and so let it be a Marine to out-Trump Oh, tongue-in-cheek uh, reference to out Trump, to out his billboards are brash, to out, <laughs> to, like these things are obnoxious. I got to see one of these. Yeah, yeah the I'm car sorry. crash king. All right. 
He's not the strong arm. He's not the law boss. Screw you. I'm royalty. I'm a former lawyer in the Marine Corps, and I trump you all. In Iraq, call me. So I now support the car crash king. I did like the law. The, the, <laughs> so Tim's got him on speed dial. Yeah. <laughs> I am now a fan of the car crash king. I don't even know what. He, but if he represented Marines yeah. in a court of law, you want him on your side. We should have him call him to the show next week. Uh, the car crash king? See if we can call him up. Oh, my gosh. Get this guy, on. if he was a lawyer in the Marine Corps, there isn't a lawyer in the Marine Corps alive that doesn't have the best stories. They all, So, <laughs> matter of fact, I'll tell you one right now before we get back to Henry Blodgett. All right, all right. And then we've got something about tips. But I'll just give you the tips now, Danny. So on the car crash king. So, so there was a major. He's now, I think he's a Fulbright colonel now. Uh, when I knew him, he was Major Piggott. And I went on my first float with him and my second float with him. I think I went on three floats with this guy. He was attached to the MEW, the Marine Expeditionary Unit. And so uh, Bill Piggott, what a he, he was just a great human being. I learned so much smoking in the smoke pit with him. Uh, smoking cigars after after flights or hours. He was just always around, and that's what that's what a good lawyer does. Just always around, right? Hawking for a marine in trouble, <laughs> and right. so we would take Major Piggott out on flights with us. And like finally, like in one of the smoke pit sessions, I'm like, "What are you doing down there, Judge?" We called him the Judge, right? Every every lawyer in the Marine Corps is the Judge. Hey, Judge, what's going on? And so I said, "Judge, what's going on?" He goes, oh, "Just paying off paying off people to tell." He would walk around the villages with the sheikhs and the mullahs in the Al-Anbar province, like the whole Al-Anbar awakening, right? So we go in there. Uh, the Marine Corps is a conquering force. The army is an occupying force. And so the army had gotten sideways on western Iraq from the middle of Baghdad to the, um, to the border of oh, what Korean, not Korean village. We just named it the Korean village, but it was really Syria. And so to the border of Syria was Marine Corps, like that we gave it back to the army, we conquered it, and now we're, the Marine Corps is meant to be, go on shore, conquer, and then get out. What, uh, what year is this? This has got to be 06, 07. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so uh, well, it was when the, this George Bush did the surge again. Okay. Yeah, so that was like the, my third pump there. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we, take, we take the judge somewhere, and we're smoking afterwards. What you doing down there? Paying off people, man. What you doing? Like he, they're literally going village to village, just paying off. He would walk around to every mission with $100,000. Wow. Just cash. Wow. Well, yeah, they don't take credit cards. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't take American Express. <laughs> and so and so he would just so the the whole Alambar awakening, like the the so the war had turned against us kind of, but then like after the surge, it kind of turned back in our favor because Western Iraq fell back into uh um coalition hands. Mm -hmm. And that coalition that 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 big like militaristic adjustment made was we paid them off. <laughs> yeah. It's fascinating. Anyway, wow. so is there insider trading? So I'm going to say that every day in America where there's a business story written, you should look at it with some cynical eyes. And you should wonder, was the piece written? Like, what's the agenda? What's the agenda? What's the agenda? What's the agenda? And, and so, and it might not be that the... And who are the by advertisers? The way, I think... I think there could be a great movie written by Hunter and Alex here. The two of great, like the Matt Damon and uh, Ben Affleck of our time are Alex Katutis and Hunter Mazingo, right? They're swingers. <laughs> and so. Wow. <coughs> and, and you would be Ben Affleck's dad? Was, was that what's part his of the, name? What's his name? Ben what Affleck has a dad? <laughs> yes, he's an actor too. What? Ben. Yeah, Mr. Affleck. Yeah. That's the <laughs> duck. <laughs> <laughs> 
Jesus, Dan, did you get Ben Affleck confused with the Affleck duck? That's Gilbert Gottfried. No, God no, God. no. I think his, his father really acted. I didn't know that. I didn't. I think, I really think Danny just made I up. think his mom and dad are both actors. Maybe, maybe a little nepotism who, carried who, in who moving to Hollywood. That? Maybe I got it confused with somebody yeah. else. I thought his mom and dad were both actors. This might be. Did you get it confused with the guy that played uh, George Costanza's dad? Uh, ben Stiller's father. Yeah. Bow oh, Ben Stiller. Never yeah, mind. Yeah. I was thinking Ben Stiller. I'm a little. I'm, 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 <laughs> The fact that now I, Don's laughing now makes sense. Yeah. The fact we, that I we picked, need to uh, set up a term, Danny facts. Yeah, Danny, and, uh, there you go. I, I I legitimately can't believe I picked off in Danny's brain uh, what he was thinking. <laughs> like that's the story <laughs> here. I, I don't. I'm not glued to the TV all the time. I'm doing stuff. <laughs> that's right. Okay. You're watching the charts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's out working. Look at Zach. Yeah. That's well, a company well, man. The rest right of there. you are watching film. Danny's <laughs> hustling. All right. That's a company man right That's there. Right. So, pulling out the Christmas sweater before so, Thanksgiving. <laughs> so I think the story here is is what happens. I believe this now that and maybe I'm too cynical when I think about it like this. But I think so, I think people are. It's pay to play. You don't. Hey, do you think? Let me let me take you to dinner and give you a story idea. Right? Says hedge fund owner.com or uh, bigwigtrader.com and takes takes cub journalist out to the to the piggly wiggly restaurant right or the where did where, where did where did, they, where did they go on um three's company what was the, what was the room they they went to the restaurant the it's the only restaurant that larry jack and the and the and the, the regal two, beagle thank you you take them to the regal wow, beagle i knew pick. i knew yeah. something oh my god i can't so, believe you guys know that yeah. that so show was terrible that was so they take the but our show is great right. so they take uh Where the, the cover kisses are hers and hers and his well that's that's Ooh. why it's three's company too so three's they company uh too. which really is just an never mind now, yeah keep going so, Don, Don, don't let them take lessons. so <laughs> they go to the regal beagle it's like hey i got a story idea for you cubjournalist.com oh what's that hedgefundmanager.com well i heard this and i heard this and i heard this i bet you get some eyeball clicks so i will tell you that my scant research for this whole uh, epiphany of uh, i believe i believe journalists are uh, potentially in of trading here it's interesting how people are paid in journalistic world and how if you want to see it, it's actually on Dave Fortner's timeline about what you have to generate to actually make your keep at Business Insider it's like one point something million page views per month to pay for your salary and your benefits and so, well, how do you generate enough page views to, gen to pay for your salary? Gotta create some sizzle, baby! Gotta create some sizzle. Yeah, man. And if so the facts don't support it. Well, and, you know. and if you think that it's limited to just business insider, no, no, no. may I introduce you to Mashable? May I introduce you to Wirecutter? May I introduce you to any website dot com? That's that's if you're a freelancer and you want to get hired on or you want to get paid, you better be generating page clicks. And so this whether this happened in this case or not, it really does lend itself to watch the charts. The charts are going to tell you the true price, the, the, what's really happening. And you don't have to get into um, an argument, a, a proverbial he said, she said about a stock like that knucklehead that shorted Tesla and got his, uh, his katutas handed to him. And so your your Tim, your audio just got really loud in my ear. I don't know if Zach needs to know that oh, or not. Sorry. Uh, or if I'm the only one. It was fine to me. Yeah. It was fine to um, me. Hunter, Alex, you guys all right? It was all good. Fine on my end. Got loud for a split okay. second, but went back okay. to normal. No worries. So I, I find that 
that whole thing that's unfolding in front of our eyes right now. And I believe this, and we are typically, and I'm not being facetious when I say this, like we talk about things on this show before they really become mainstream. And we've got a habit of doing that. And um, I believe this is the first thread being pulled on some kind of, I think by the time we're done with this story, like when it's all said and done, there's going to be some mechanism put in place where some source is going to say, hey, we don't allow our people to trade stocks and we audit. Like I believe that's, there's going to be something that comes out of this if it's true that there was front running. And the, and look, the 9-11 terrorists, a lot, uh, uh, we, we, they figured out and credit they to- track them down with options. Uh, the credit to the Nigerian brothers, yeah. Pete and John. Uh, Pete and I only learned this because I was watching Pete and John talk in, in person. I was teaching with them uh, in maybe Washington, D.C. And we were talking afterwards about what they had presented. And um, they're like, yeah, that that like the Fed told me the same story. Yeah. The feds asked us for our data and we handed it over. And so they've been able to track your movements in the market forever. So if you're out there and you do have let me just throw this out there and you're listening. Speaking of listening. It's interesting to me. Um, <clears throat> I thought once we went to video, the video podcast would just be like, like snappy snap and, and our numbers would go. Rrr. It's actually the audio. The audio is racing. I mean, light years ahead of the video. Interesting, right? Uh, well, yeah, very. I think people like being able to listen in their cars. Well, think yeah, so. well, that's yeah, yeah. It's easy use, yeah. but I think the stock nerds still watch it on the video because they yeah, can see the charts. Yeah, I find that the audio is growing like tremendously. It's pretty, pretty interesting to me. Anyway. They're going to track you. They're going to find you. And it's not worth it. Whatever the amount of money. Listen, it, it's just not worth it. And, and who knows what comes out of this. But look, the real story this week isn't what I just got you into the door with. The real story is there's negative yields in America. And so <laughs> I don't, uh, what I want to get to here with Danny real quick. I'm just going to have Danny. I'm going to give you a couple of questions. Okay. I do not want, listen, no, no. We need to make eye contact. I bailed you out knowing that you were thinking about Ben Stiller. I need you not to elaborate. He owns tips. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> all right. All right. I need you not to elaborate. I need you to be the straight man. Okay. Okay. Just, just for a minute. Okay. Danny, what are, what do people think bond? What does the majority of Americans, what do they think Bonds, whether they're tra savings bonds, government bonds, corporate bonds, what do they think bonds are for? Uh, <clears throat> safety and income. 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 How? How? Interest. How? You pay interest. So you're loaning uh, money. You're lending money to a borrower, generally in a thousand dollar increments. <clears throat> now tips are a hundred dollars, and Series E bonds are a hundred dollar increments. Right. But they've got a stated rate on the bond. Right, right. A stated rate on the bond, and they pay interest. So if you've got a, like, well, in the old days, just five or six years ago, the stated rate on a treasury bond might be five or six percent, and you'd get six percent on a thousand dollars or sixty dollars a bond right, right. if you bought it at par at the when it was issued. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. Tips. You may go into tips or not. What are well? Uh, yeah, I'd say because you mentioned it. Just okay. tell me what tips. Are okay, for. so tips are to do bonds, but help you with inflation in case the, there's the P inflation. in tips is protection, right? Yeah, Treasury inflation protected securities. Treasury the I's, 
inflation. Treasury inflation protected security. And you would own tips if you wanted to make sure that you had some income coming in against that you were protected when well, you were getting income, but also protected in case there was inflation because mm. inflation is bad for bonds. It's kryptonite to bonds. Right. Okay. It's worse than rising rates. Okay. Now, as far as price, most uh, true or false. And, I'm, and now this is a le- The way I'm about to ask this isn't fair. It's a, what I'm, how I'm about to ask this is a leading question. Bring it on. Lead with a chin. And, and you're not, you're not supposed to lead the witness, but I'm going to lead you here and I'm telling you in advance. Okay. Do investors buy bonds in their portfolio for price appreciation? No, 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 no. not you. Well, retail investors don't. Bond traders do, but retail investors no, don't. The, no, the people that no, we're talking to. No, yeah, we're no. talking to stock nerds and market right, lovers. Right, right, right. So now let me, let me tell you something that happened, and I didn't realize this um, when it happened. But when I started doing some research this week, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. This is amazing. There are negative bond yields in America right now. And I had no idea, and I felt dumb about it. Like, I'm like, gosh, how did I not pick this up? And so uh, let me show you this, Daniel. Now, on my screen here, I did a real simple Google search when I saw something about tips. And so you want to know how my research starts, stock nerds, like real simple Google <laughs> searches. Do tips have negative yields? Okay? That's, that's nothing too, too uh, shabby. And then you come up with this. Uh, most tips are negative today. <laughs> Say what? Like the thing that's supposed to protect you against inflation. And, and it does that with yield. It does that with an interest rate, right, Daniel? Well, in theory, yes. <laughs> theory, remember, remember theories, Daniel. Like you go back to the beginning of the monologue. You see, I'm doing mm-hmm. kinetic uh, graduates do magna cum laude. Mm-hmm. And so... W- what what I did was I talked about theories at the beginning of the show. Then I that's went, why I said it. Yeah. Then I went, I was paying attention. You're so far. <laughs> <laughs> can we can we discuss how lightning can come through a brick building and strike you right where you're at? Oh my God. Even I even I know that wasn't true. And I don't even, I can't pick up sarcasm. Uh, are negative today. And so in theory they're supposed to protect against this but here's here while that might surprise many investors consider the nominal yield the non see this this right here the non inflation protected the non inflation protected is the same thing as some pencil dweeb economist austin goolsby uh, telling you that it, inflation isn't bad if you just take out energy and food yeah the things that it's you transitory. Yeah. The <laughs> things that you use to get to work and sustain your family and that thing that you use to live to, to heat your house, to keep your family alive. If you take out those things, you know what? You're not anemic. If you remove the blood from your system, there's no iron deficiency. It's it's ridiculous. The, the, the non-inflation protected, the, the nominal yield of these bonds is 1.5%. This is why people don't like economists. 
That's why economists don't make good lovers. That's why you've never read a, written a, read a good story like the romance of a great economist. That's why there's the no there's the no romance. Of there's a great no economist. story in the history of the world where the hero economist, where the the economist gets the girl at the end and they go on and make a lot of children because they say things like nominal yield because you're at dinner with an economist and. Uh, the kid will say, Daddy, I got an A on that test. Well, the nominal grade really was a C- minus because you got X wrong, but they graded on a curve. They're the wet blanket in the room. They, economists are why wives go on Ashley Madison. <laughs> because they're nominal. Because they married nominal men. You need food and energy to survive. We need to remove this language. I'm being absurd so you understand that you should, it's not worth it to you in your world to consider the nominal. It's what's reality. You know, I flew helicopters. It wasn't nominally flying. It either was or it wasn't. You know, nominally, we're doing a great job. We're dying. <laughs> we're headed toward the mountain. Like the, yeah. there's a mountain that's, in front of us. Let's clarify something real quick. What you're saying is that a tip, the bond ETF, has a 3.5% yield and inflation is 4%. So it's implied yield, inflation adjusted is negative. Is that's that, exactly. I just want to be clear that that's what we're yeah, saying. And I appreciate that. And let me read you this and then. So you get, you get the yield. It's not like they take money from you. Thank you by saying it's a negative yield. It's just that what they're giving you is less than what inflation. Well, let, let me jump in real quick. Well, I want to read this. I'm going to make your point and then you can have it all. I swear. You're going to steal my thunder. No, this is not all. <laughs> I don't think I, well, we don't talk before the show. I don't think I'm about to steal your thunder. Go ahead. I'm teasing. Oh, okay. Uh, bondholders are, this is from, this is okay. So by the way, what I just quoted you from, and I, I didn't give the punchline, but I did, what I just quoted you from was June 24th of this year. I didn't realize, I wish I would have picked this up this summer and realized this. I didn't realize it. Now, what I'm about to read to you is from yesterday, Marine Corps birthday. Bondholders are increasingly willing to be paid less than nothing in the U.S. Treasury market. With consumer prices rising at the fastest pace since 1990, so-called real yields on U.S. government securities or the rate of inflation is taken into account have, div have dived even deeper below zero. The rate on In that means a loss. Yep. The, um, this is the last sentence. The rate on 30-year inflation-protected securities, a measure of real yields over the next three decades, dropped to a record low of around minus 0.62%. Okay. So a couple of things. The problem I have with tips is over long time periods, regular Treasury bonds actually outperform them. Right. Because because during deflation, whatever they go down, number one, number two, you actually when they ratchet up the principal amount to calculate your interest, that's that's a that's a lagging. So they look back. They look at the end of the year. They go, oh, we had inflation. Let's increase the principal amount. So the increase in interest happens a little bit after the fact. It's got a little lag. Number right. one. Number two, they're understating CPI. 
Even though it's 6.2, it's understated because they manipulate those. Like you said, they don't include food, energy, the, the stuff you really need. Okay. Well, the CPI, the 6.2 is actually with food in there. This one that got that's really- the Yeah, but still, they still okay. manipulate the day. You know, they went from steaks to hamburger and they call it meat because steaks went up so much. They still manipulated. So CPI is understated. Sure. If you look at your inflation, I mean, I know my inflation is running about 10%. I mean, it doesn't matter what. I- just comparative what I buy and what uh, I, 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 I was just wondering how you figured that out. That's all. I'm looking at my daughter's uh, school. I'm looking at my daughter's Understood. college. I, I, uh, don't, don't take my head off. Jesus, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you. I, you Where would you go from beef jerky C, to slim jim? Look, I can do a whole. I can do a whole show on how they manipulate CPI, and they've done it over decades. Right. Okay. In fact, they're talking about doing this chain link CPI. What, what's to, chain link CPI? I, it's too, I don't want to get into it here. It's just, just trust me when it's going to understate CPI. Okay. Because then they don't have to pay as much in Social Security benefits and everything else. Right. But, but the whole point is, you know, they're talking about, hey, man, this Social Security, you're going to get this big bump of 5%. Uh, CPI is 6.2. You're still getting a loss. And to, give, you, to give the listener, just for one second, an, uh, an example of how far inflation went. In a month, inflation was in the fours when released in October, measuring September. It skipped the fives. It went from the well, fours. last one it was 5.2 last month. 5.4, excuse me, 5.4. Now I thought it was in the fours. 5.4 and then 6.2. Okay. I, I, but, but even that difference, that's like a 20% increase. The rate of change right. is accelerating. So it's accelerating and going up. So, and by the way, PPI that just came out a couple right. days ago. Right. The producer's price index came in hot. So this CPI, the 6.2, doesn't even have the PPI built into it. it it's still going to go up. It's still headed higher. That's the problem. So here's the other thing, though. It's all about the bid and ask. It's all about the price. So they've got this fear, and everybody thinks these tips are the cure for regular treasuries or regular bonds. So you've had people run out there, rush out there and buy a bunch of them and they bid up the price. That's one reason the yield is so low because you've got people bidding up the price and therefore, because if you, the more you pay for a bond, the lower the yield. Right. And that's the problem. So it's got a couple structural issues with the way they design them in that you're, it's a little bit lagging catching up that inflation. Number one. Number two, when you have periods of inflation, the fear bids up the price too much so the tips don't really work how they were designed. And then during regular times or deflationary times, they actually get hammered. Last year, they got creamed during the COVID time in 2008 economic crisis. They got creamed. So they're definitely not something you want to buy and hold with. But they're just they just they're just not a good investment. And by the way, Bonds. So you remember we talked about sixty forty. How the sixty forty was dead. We we talked about this months and months ago, and now you're seeing all these stories this last month come out about how sixty forty is dead. You got to find a different way. Now what the brokerage side, the sell side, is trying to convince you of because they still got to sell bonds. They still have them in inventory. They still got to sell them for governments and corporations, which is their client. You're not the client. So now they're saying, well, the sixty forty is kind of broken. You really need to do eighty twenty. So they're saying they're bad, so let's just cut up that position in half. Well, if they're so bad, why don't you just not own them if they're not going to do well? But right now, bonds are extremely dangerous. Mm-hmm. 
because, in, like I said before, inflation is kryptonite to bonds. It's worse than rising interest rates. And in the mid-77 to 79, Treasury bonds lost 32% of their value. Tre- saved price. price, Treasury bonds. Because yields. Because inflation. Right. So let me just draw that. A lot of, we get a lot of new listeners. I want to make sure that everyone's on track here. So when bond prices, and I'm on my screen drawing, folks, real simplistically. When bond prices go up, yields typically go down. Come down. down. They move inversely. But, but when bond prices come down, yields go up. Right. Now, now, when you get inflation, you'll get sellers of bonds because now their interest payment, their fixed interest payment is is worth less so fixed interest payments annuity payments social security payments which is why they got to ratchet them up is worth less when you have inflation high inflation so when you have high inflation that will actually precipitate bond sellers people selling bonds which then drives the yield up i think it was was it yesterday um it was yesterday maybe it was you know what i think it was yesterday it really wasn't the initial CPI number that sank the market at, at first. It was the bond auction. Didn't go, yes. It, it was they, unsubscribed. They, it didn't get filled. So that means that, so just in lay terms, there were no buyers. So they didn't, the people, the, the government auctioned off some bonds and people said these yields are not. Nearly high enough. And that, see, that's the takeaway. What I'm telling you folks, bonds right now are much are riskier than stocks. That's not what you're going to hear most places. They'll tell you, oh, bonds are safer than stocks. Well, most of the time, but there are time periods where they're just as risky or more risky. And with the Fed taking interest rates to historic lows, right. and now you're having massive inflation because of the money printing and the interest rates near zero, nobody wants bonds. And you can see that on my chart here on a five-minute scale. That's the bond auction right there. Prices came down. Because nobody wanted them, and yields just shot up. And it really put kind of a, a, a shock into the market, especially uh, tech stocks, because uh, what right, wrong, or indifferent, it's considered that earnings are worth less. When you have inflation and future, future, your future earnings are worth less. And a lot of these tech companies, it is believed. And, and if interest rates rise, the cost of money, the cost of capital yeah. goes up, so it costs them more. So that it reduces their earnings. Exactly. And so all of this dynamic, you know, comes back to, well, what, what do you do? You know, like, do you do, because if you have a theory, right, that doesn't mean you can just, for us, you know, and I think for stockers and market lovers, you just don't want to act upon it. Like, should you go out and sell everything like a hell in a handbasket? No, there, there's rules to all of this. And you got to, but, but having the heads up, like, just, just to put it uh, in, in context here, and you don't have to, uh, this is, you know, what we do here, Daniel, is for what? Edification purposes only, never ever to be misconstrued as advice. But like when you get for me, like uh, me, okay, this works for me. Like here's the, the um, TNX before it starts sliding as a daily chart. And what did the market do? Market, market's been really strong, especially tech. But let's look at NQ here real quick. We're on a daily chart. So NQ starts riding the rail and it comes up to this third ATR. You, you have to, even if you don't understand anything that we talked about, or you don't even care, you're like, Tim, I don't care about any of this inner workings of this economist stuff. You're right. Economists get no love. They're never the heroes in any of these uh, action movies. I just want to know what the charts are doing. Great. Well, okay, you, you should suspect that this is going to pull back. It doesn't matter the reason. 
And that's kind of what I'm driving at here. Like what I what Danny just talked about to me is fascinating. Because um, my next question to Danny is, what's the, what's the 64, what is the purpose of a 60-40 portfolio, 60% stocks, 40% bonds, if this is what's happening right now? And, and why are you still being sold this bill of goods? Why is anyone telling you to buy bonds right now? And it goes back to the old adage. What do you say, Danny? When, bond? when, when do brokers push bonds on people? When do Simple. They? When they have them in inventory. When do they have them in inventory? When interest rates are really low and everybody wants to borrow money. Like you want to refinance your house yeah. when rates go way down. Companies want to borrow money when interest rates are way low. So they've got a bunch of it. So the, yeah. you're, the, you're the cattle. He's the roper. He's the cowboy. And he's delivering you to market. In this case with the bond salesperson or in, uh, to put it to terms that really Late to you, stock nerds and market lovers, and your families, and your loved ones, and your friends. Stripmalladvisor.com. When Stripmalladvisor from Stripmalladvisor.com tells you that, uh, hey, I've got some bonds for you that you should add to your portfolio, what that really means is one man's trash is another person's trash, and you shouldn't be picking up the trash. <laughs> We really need to get that website. <laughs> I just looked it up to see if it was still available. <laughs> Stripmalladvisor.com. Like, strip actually available? We should probably just redirect it to the podcast. Right? We should probably just do that. Well, yes. we're not. No, we're not the strip mall. Like, you well, know what? We would. You we're know, the like, opposite. You, you, set, you set up a page. It's like. Hey, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, 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 here's my. A satire page. So how, yeah. How, yeah. How a the, guy with a diamond pinky oh, no, ring. Oh, my gosh. Di- <laughs> diamond suits. Let's do this. Who's the J.J. Snuffington III? J.J. Snuffington. There you go. Is the strip mall advisor. Like, if any. Anyone has serious satellite radio? Grant Cardone from Missing Tired of Missing Sales.com. And uh, <laughs> guys, just anyway. JJ Snuffington. JJ Snuffington the third. And uh, he would he would be telling you to buy like like you you need to you, he, he what was the motto we came up with? We have a morning call, Don and I and Danny. And uh, like uh, inflation's hitting advisors. Hey, how do how do advisors uh, fight inflation? They charge you more. <laughs> <laughs> and just a bunch of nonsense like that and like and then at the bottom of the page somehow have have us uh have us as right. the as a, well, one of the stock nerds actually opened up a twitter account with oh, jj J. Oh, that's right jj snuffington that's God, I, for, I forgot that go yeah. follow J. and J. so but here's here's where this all came from with strip mall advisor and jj snuffington the third so we we uh Oh, I want to be careful here. Please, we, please. Yeah, no, no. I'm, it's not insulting. <laughs> it, we, 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 we collectively know someone, uh, and I'm going to use an, I'm going to use a number that's close to the truth, okay? That that had 35 mutual funds in their portfolio when they came to us. Th- that's like that's like you at home being excited that you're going to go to the bathroom and there's 62 rolls of toilet paper in the stall. You only need one. Like, like the, the other 61 rolls of toilet paper do nothing for your enjoyment. 35 mutual funds in your portfolio is egregious. There's, there's not enough stocks. There's more ETFs and mutual funds than, than there are. Stocks to put them in. Yeah. Like the duplication is gross. The, the thought that somebody would, would eh, sell you. On the idea that you needed 35 mutual funds. Because you're paying. Here's the dirty secret about Strip Mall Advisor and J.J. Snuffington. 
they're getting paid on those. So there's trailers on them. Like the, 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 fee, the, the, the mutual funds that were most likely in there are the house funds, the funds that if they put you in them, they get, they get a turkey at Thanksgiving. Their family gets to go to the movies for free. Like there, there's, there's bonuses and benefits and marketing fees. What are they called? Nine? Uh, 12B1 fees. 12B1 fees. The whole thing is kaputs, man. It, this is why I rail against the system. That's why I... I I have zero loyalty to this industry. I don't. I've never had it. Like I would see the people. Listen, man. You, when they say you don't want to see when the sausage is made, go to a money show in person and hang out with the people at the booths. Like you, you, you feel dirty and you want to go take a shower. And 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 I did it when I was at. Well, I, do you do you do you remember what I told you when you were working for IBD? And I so so I don't so I went down to the Dallas Money Show and that's where I saw you yeah. you know doing the doing the you were doing a presentation to about eighty chairs standing room only yep. people all around and like you said he's got these little booths with the the black box thing and they got twelve chairs and six of them are taken the other six and so I I like what you were saying so I said hey you want to come on our radio show we started we bonded and yep. you started doing the five at five whatever and so we did that for about a year and a half and you called me one time and you said hey. Um, you know, I'm working 48 hours, uh, 48 weeks a year on the road. I really, you know, for, for personal reasons, I really got to come off the road. Do, you know, do, if, if I wanted to go into in the broker, this is what you said. <laughs> if I wanted to go on the brokerage business, how would I go about doing that? And I said, Tim, first of all, if you, I'm not a broker. Yeah. I'm a fee-based only advisor. That's an insult. But if you decide to go in this investment industry, you cannot work for a brokerage firm or a a broker and be a broker because that represents the sell side and it will make you dis- you will be just disgusted because you've always only represent the investor you've yeah. only represented the buy side you you have to go work for an advisor and that's what I said yeah. but if you decide to come off the road give me first right of refusal and and so you call me about a month yeah. later and do that but that was that's true. and that was the thing if you had gone to work for a a broker. brokerage, even a discount brokerage firm, you would have been just pulling your hair out. It, it's not, it's not for me, and it's not for my, um, it's not for my 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 bean. So look, uh, what else did you have on bonds? Well, uh, you know, it's kind of well, basically, you you hit most of the points. Yeah. You hit the high points. I don't, we don't have to beat it to death. Yeah. Uh, the whole point is, bonds are very dangerous right now. Unless you believe that inflation is just transitory and it's going to subside. Now, if 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 inflation is going to stop right now Mm -hmm. and interest rates are going to reverse and start to head lower, then maybe bonds would be a good trade. I don't see that economically. I mean, we don't really talk a lot about fundamentals normally, but I'm very good economist and, and fundamental guy. All the stuff that I'm seeing points to higher inflation, more inflation, and more pressure on bonds. And the risk for that little bit of interest that's lower than inflation is not worth the juice. And, and this is what the podcast is for. Like five nights a week, look, Stockner's Market Lovers, uh, you want, just give me the red meat, Tim. Like, look, we get it. But there's also a group of people, don't be so selfish out there. There's also a group of uh, traders, if I can find my, my link, and if you pardon me, the, uh, the ability to do so. Um, by the way, the ultimate insider trading is Robert Kaplan, right? Um, Bob Kaplan, the ultimate insider. Mm. All the Fed, right? All the all the ultimate business. Well, I think Congress is how, worse, how, that's me. How fitting would it would it be if Business Insider really got busted? Like, just add Business Insider trading. 
just had trading to the name. It's too perfect. <laughs> anyway, listen, if you want just red meat, let's just fight, like, give me stock ideas, Tim. Well, look, here's, the, here's how we run it at Revere if you're new here. Hunter gives all the stocks that go up on days that end in Y. Mm -hmm. And then Alex gives all the stocks that go down in all the other days. So we have one doing stocks that go up, one doing stocks that go down. You just have to choose, pick and choose the video. And how you do that is you just go Daily Market Insight. And then Don comes and gives a recap. Wait, excuse me? <laughs> I don't give stocks that go down. And then Don comes up on a Friday and he'll give you uh, the recap of all that. So listen, at ReviewAsset.com, five nights a week. This video is the sixth, or this podcast, is the sixth piece of content we release. And then we dive into other things that affect the markets. Like we didn't even get to the dollar. Cover that in last night's video. The, I call it the Blues Brothers, right? Uh, yields and dollar going up in tandem typically spells, you know, a uh, little softness for stocks. So you can go watch last night's video with Daily Market Insight. We never pull a video down. That's the beauty of what we do here. We never ever pull a video down. And so with that, let's. So Hunter is now handling all the stocks that go up on days that end in Y. So with that, Thursday ends in Y. Well, that's okay. Well, let's get him on then. Thank God we you can't get anything by Danny, can you? <laughs> that's that's sure why can. we have Hunter on the show. <laughs> yeah. Star star analyst Hunter Mazingo giving you all the stocks that go up only in days that end in Y. All right, Hunter, take it away, man. Yeah, man. I actually we do have some uh, high flyers today. Tim, will you let's pull up S O F Y today for me? SoFi. Um, sorry. I, I'm sorry. I may have said why there. Sorry. Uh, so we got a lot of, a lot of gap ups today. A lot of earnings. I do have the video, uh, tonight. So I'm going to be talking about some more of these gap ups today as well, but these are three of the better ones. Uh, SoFi has faded a little bit here in the last hour or two. However, you're up about 15% here. This one, uh, like a lot of the ones that actually gapped up, had a uh, pretty nasty sell-off right before earnings and then has now gapped up after. So SoFi up about 15%. APP is the next one, uh, Tim, AppLovin. AppLovin? This one uh, also, AppLovin. It's, it's a very, McLovin is what yeah. I think of every time. That's right. Yeah. That's what I think yeah. of too. Yeah. What did you say? APP? Yeah, APP is AppLovin. Yeah. But I think of McLovin right away and... A great character, yep. truly. Um, but this one, uh, stronger actually than SoFi, up 20%. Really, really, I think the highs of the day are probably around 118 to 120. I don't know exactly at the moment, but 15, APP 82. very strong. Anyway, okay, so it's right there. Right there. All right. And uh, Dash is another one, not quite like the previous two in regards to the nature of the gap, uh, but showing some big strength today uh, following yesterday's action. So dash up 7% or so today on about a, a little over 100% above average volume. So some gap movers, uh, and there's plenty of those today. Like I said, I'm going to go through some more of those on tonight's video. Additionally, Tim, I've been talking about this one for a little bit. Uh, ENPH is making a really big move today. NPAs, yeah. One that recently had a massive gap on earnings uh, and has kind of built a really nice little handle up there, if you could even call it that. But making a big move, uh, I think a three-bar break to the upside today. And then um, additionally, TAN, the uh, the actual solar ETF, which we own in Grotection, having a really nice bounce today, up about 6% with volume as well. So both of those acting well after about a week or a week and a half of consolidation. And then another 
I guess, similar sector to some degree, this lithium sector, Tim, that I've been talking about, LAC is the first ticker and the strongest in the group. This, this sector has not given a single opportunity, really. It's, LAC has stayed on the eight. It's very extended. It's obviously, it's green today. LTHM is the other one uh, in the space, but it's not quite the same caliber at this point in time that LAC is. So the lithium area is acting well, uranium, um, solar, really a lot of these energy spaces outside of the standard oil and gas, which also uh, are acting pretty well today, um, continuing to show strength and maintain uptrend. So that's really all I've got today, Tim. Uh, like awesome. I said, I got the video tonight. I think it'll be a good one covering a lot of stuff. Tell you what, in the finite, just one more time, stock nerds. Um, I was joking around a little bit. All you do is go to uh, revereasset.com. You can get them a couple different ways. You can go to uh, our YouTube page, uh, which is Revere Asset on YouTube. Uh, type in uh, Revere Asset. You can subscribe. They get The moment we launch them, you'll get them right to your inbox. And we'll never spam you. Like That's kind of our claim to fame, other than doing good work, uh, is just we don't – you're not in some sales vortex by subscribing to our – uh, our videos. We just send you the videos, the information you want. And so it's pretty, pretty easy there. And then we never pull them down. So if you want to do like back testing on what, what we do, uh, all you do is watch the videos, go backwards, pick any moment in time uh, to like March of 2014 and see what we had to say about the market in that time frame. Or same thing with the podcast. We never pull those down as well. But Hunter's video is going to show up right here. It'll be next in line after, uh, the one I posted yesterday. And that brings us to the gentleman who only talks about stocks that go down on days that don't end in Y. Alex Catutis. How, how are you guys doing? What's going on? It's a lot of energy. Surviving? You know, you know yeah. Could Dial you, it back. Could, could you come in with any less energy? <laughs> like, could, like somebody, what happened? Did you not have a protein shake? Did, did you not do curlies for the girlies? What the curlies hell? Curlies for the girlies. What happened to you today? Get get your dog to hit the wind button in your back. Somebody somebody <laughs> pour some oil and small wonder over. Come on, Alex. I, I know what it is. Do you want me to explain it to you? Please. What has two words and seven straight losses? Go Alex ahead. and Hunter's fantasy football team. Oh. <laughs> That's a low blow. Well, you know, I only really deal in facts. I do only deal in facts, gentlemen. <laughs> Is that what's got you down, buddy? You got a case of the Cam Cam Newtons? What's it going on help. over there? No, I, I started getting the, <clears throat> starting to, I get migraines and I'm starting to, my left eye, I'm having trouble seeing out of it, to be honest with you. Oh, well, just um, use your right eye, Alex. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyways, now I so, feel bad for yeah, saying that he had low energy. He's right. playing hurt. All right. No, it's I, I'm not making that up. I do get migraines, no, but no, anyways, we, <laughs> go ahead, buddy. Um, yeah, last night I put out a a, a bonus stock video and kind of went over actually both of the stocks, Dutch Brothers and Affirm, reported earnings. And but before earnings, I talked about this last night on the call. Um, Affirm shook me out. It was it was going down before the earnings. Um, on the poor Upstart news that Upstart had reported earnings uh, the night before. And because they're both fintech, I guess people got scared and they uh, they sold that one down and Affirm went down with it. But then after hours, yet last night, Affirm gapped back up. You could see that on the right side. I 
I'm kind of in a uh, do nothing mode on this right now. I kind of want to see the dust settle and, and, and maybe the moving averages need to catch up, but I am willing to buy this back. I, I, I haven't yet. Um, the volatility on these names are, you know, I made the mistake of, of going too heavy and it's just a testament. You could, you know, doesn't matter how long you've been in the business, you're always going to learn something. And I, I definitely took a lesson yesterday that, uh, and a name like that with such a wide average true range. And if someone doesn't know what that is, that's you take the high and low of the day over a certain time frame, and that gives you an average price range that the stock will trade in. And if it's got a big average true range, your weight on that stock should be a little bit definitely smaller than uh, you would typically trade on a stock that's less volatile. What do you, you think? Know, you're going you're gonna to help a ton mm -hmm. of stock nerds here uh, for, for just a minute. Um, what do you think, uh, would be your, if you had to do it again and in, yeah. in hindsight, it, what, what is the, like the rule that you developed from, from this? Because you, you clearly, you, did you take a loss on it? I'm, I'm, I'm asking, I'm not, this is, no, I actually, I, I sold a very, very small gain on the stock. Uh -huh. The options I did sell at a loss, but it hit my max stop loss on the okay. options. The so the problem wanted, is, is like. You honored your you stop, can, which is, by the way, to be yeah, commended. I, I, I had honored the stop, but the, 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 the thing is, is this is like a very rare situation where it's not like I was holding this into the earnings. I was going to trim them yesterday anyways before the earnings called to de-risk. But this, the upstart, was a totally separate company that affected it. And, you know, that just goes to show you, you, you know, you could diversify and what have you. But that it was almost like unsystemic systemic risks you know you try to the market will take everything down this wasn't even the market coming down in the sense that upstart just blasted the stock that you know it was a very rare i've never had this happen to me before where another company reports and then my stock gets uh gets hit um so i don't i don't know if i could really rules wise i followed my rules it just uh it happens the market will yeah. find a way to were you too heavy in it? I'm, I'm, yeah, <laughs> the position size was too big. Too big, is that's that... what he was saying. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so what, yeah. what also is so what you want to do? What he's saying, folks, is the the volatility of the stock and the range of the stock, the daily range, depending on how volatile it is. The more volatile and the higher beta, you got to trim the position size so that it's not as big as a stock that's a much slower mover. And I'll go you one better. When you set stop losses, you can't set real tight stop losses on a volatile stock. It's called a beta adjusted stop loss because just daily moves will shake you out and you'll overtrade. So a stock that's pretty volatile, yes. you may need an 8 or 10% stop and and then for a stock that's kind of mid-range, it might be a 6% and then a stock that's pretty docile for. Now, I know some traders and whatever, now again, this show was for what, Daniel? Edification. Edification research. purposes only. Now, but I do know some traders how they get around this particular issue. That's why it's kind of ferreting out what, what Alex had learned. He's genuinely helping somebody. I know he is because uh, every options trader has been what Alex, has been what Alex just is. You can, do, you can do the beta trimming like, you, you know, or uh, you can, whatever the size is appropriate for you, you're going to risk the debit paid. Right, so if right. you paid, well, that's uh, for options. Yeah. I was talking about the stock. Oh, understood. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if you paid five hundred dollars yeah. for five calls, mm -hmm. you have mentally committed the five hundred. The five hundred dollars. Yeah. Yes. And and yeah. that kind of, that's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. and that, some people don't care to trade like that. 
but uh, I know people that trim their size down. I want to add something too um, about stops. I would never, don't ever put, this is me. Um, you can do what you want, but I don't put open market sale. Uh, oh yeah, stop hard lots. stops. No, no, no absolutely. Because yeah. on the open, the, the market makers, they, they could drop that bid down. They'll take that stock and then you'll see it be, it'll be up to, I've had it happen. When I first started trading, I was putting dead stops and I wasn't at the desk all day. This was years back. And um, I come back I'm like, how did I get stopped up? Stopped out and the stock is up. You know, you got to, it's meant, it's called mental stops. You got to watch and well, so, or so, have Revere yeah. Asset Management act, actively watch your portfolio for you if you have a real day job. So, 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 so one, there's an old adage on Wall Street for the market makers. You were talking about the market makers, Tim, that are mm-hmm. setting prices for the stops. I mean, for, for the options. There's an old adage for the options traders on Wall Street. There's always the stops, meaning they know where the stops are. They know where the levels are. And so they'll actually manipulate that stock down just to clip all those stops hit. And then the st- and then they'll start buying and the stock goes right back up. So you want to either set alerts with your trading platform or like TD Thicker Swim actually has an algorithm where it doesn't put the stop out there in the market. It watches it for you, and then it can put in a market order if it comes down to that level. Have so you, there's there's ways to do that. Have you seen this? So I, um, I, uh, I had one more thing, though. Oh, go ahead. Uh, hold hold on one second. On. Um, this is, don't move on okay. yet. Don't, don't move on yet. Okay. This is to Alex's point about stops. Look at your screen, Danny. And Alex is, is spot on here. I want to kudos. Like, kudos to Alex for bringing this point up that don't you know use market orders. Every trader that had the Tesla on yesterday morning, 999, yeah. like a $1,000 stop. They, they, they walked it right down in the first five minutes, took them out, yep. and then ran it right back up. Yep. And, yep. and that's, that's a function of what Alex was talking about. And I was watching that happen yesterday, and I thought, oh, my gosh, i got to find a way to bring that up. And I totally forgot to do it. Yep. And Alex is great. Do not put your stops where everybody else has them. Oh yeah, just one other yeah, one other thing what Don's saying is people think in round numbers or whole numbers, so you never want to put it at $49 right. or even 48.90 or 48.95 use penny increments odd numbers in between the nickel. So yeah. you want to do like uh, 49.92 or 93. Yeah. Don, what Don said, yeah, yeah. what everyone's saying here. Uh, I saw this happen on Tesla yesterday morning and it was so egregious. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to figure out how to bring this up. So, kudos, Alex. Kudos. Um, the last Let's thing was, um, so yeah, I just wanted to go over the because I'm very in tune with what's going on with the company, and I watched the, I mean, I listened to the conference call with Dutch Brothers and went through the report. So they have right now, there's 500 shops or coffee shops, you want to call them, um, in the country, and they're planning on. They just put out some news that long-term goal is 4,000 shops. So if it, that's an 8x projection. And based on a 49% year-over-year revenue growth rate, I, the stocks, the company's market cap's three billion. They're gonna, I think that this projection on a PE expansion price that I did too, they're gonna be well over 20 billion in market cap. So I, this the, this stock on the long term has the fundamentals based on these revenues and EPS. Um, the chart's not looking bad to really have a good runway. The, the, here's the thing though. No matter how bullish you get, if there if the market goes out of a bull, out of a bull trend, or an uptrend, like we call it here, um, doesn't matter how good the company is, it's going to come down with it. As this, as there's an old saying too, a rising tide lifts all boats. Well, if the tide's coming down too, the boats are going to come down with it, regardless of what you own. So just have that in mind. 
it's not a, nothing's ever a lock. I'm sure a lot of our viewers already know that, but I'm seeing a similarity in past stocks like decades ago with Starbucks and their rollout. And I, I did some math on their, their, how many stores they have. And I tried to like find out within the country, how many stores they had because they have, they're global. Starbucks is all over the place. Dutch Brothers is, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to do that in the next few years, but just in this country alone, 4,000 shops is, is spectacular. When they said that number, that was a light bulb. That was a green light for me. Okay. That's it. Awesome, man. Don, take us, take us to uh, Don World, Don World, where uh, Don World. Yeah, Don World. Don World. Uh, Dan, Dan mentioned uh, uh, volatility adjusted beta. I talked a little bit about this in last Tuesday's uh, video, and we continue to work on this in-house uh, for all of our holdings, basically assigning a something we call a revere volatility factor to every holding that we have. That's a combination of the stock's beta and their average true range. And we assign a rating to them, and that allows us to calculate the optimal position size for the volatility that we want to handle uh, for our clients. So as we progress on that, we'll talk more about it uh, in videos. Uh, Affirm was a good example yesterday about how uh, that made a two and a half times average true range uh, stretch move yesterday. So uh, even though the beta is nowhere near, would nowhere near would have reflected that, the average true range did. And uh, coming up with these quantitative responses to the volatility in the market is what we've been putting a lot of time in, uh, in-house. Uh, I also want to talk about um, a, a sector that's been beaten down that, that is coming off the bottom. Hunter alluded to this uh, in one of his videos, but uh, the cannabis stocks, MSOS, in particular, is an ETF that we own uh, that's acting very well. Seems like Republicans are coming around to the need to uh, get tax revenue by any means other than taxes themselves directly, uh, pointing more toward usage, usage taxes. So there was some talk on uh, Capitol Hill uh, this week about that, and MSOS and cannabis stocks are reacting accordingly. So that's something else that we own. Uh, in-house. And uh, as far as the 2121 goes, I'll update that uh, on Friday's video. Well, you know, it's interesting about the cannabis sector, which um, if they would just, if we could get aligned in this country on a way to uh, progress with uh, cannabis and not make it illegal for banks to handle the funds from cannabis companies, like there's a bunch of industries that can benefit from that, yeah, that's what the legislation is, yeah. is geared yeah. towards. Like it's yeah. financial. It, it goes more than just like CGC or Tilray. It goes right, financial. Right. I mean, imagine a firm. Buy your pot in four easy payments, no interest. I mean, <laughs> I, like you laugh, but that's where it's going to be going, right? And so. Oh, uh, everything. Uh, everything for that matter. A firm's everywhere. Yeah. You know, like all the Klarna, Affirm, uh, PayPal with uh, break it up into four payments, Square with uh Everybody has the ability to do this, which, by the way, is interesting. I, I'm not a cynical person, I, you know, like in this regard, but there's a note out there uh, today or yesterday. Americans are more in debt than ever before. Really? You don't you shocking, right? Uh, it was a little surprise. I know. They're right. And so um, it's I thought in, over COVID. They're always talking about there, people saving. There's going to be a day of reckoning with all these 
buy now, pay later is going bad, right? There's going to be, I don't know if it's a day of reckoning or like a, you talking about our government or are you talking about for individuals? Hey, <laughs> six, one, half a dozen. The other. Yeah. Anyway, I'll tell you what, uh, Daniel, take, I've got one last thing. Okay. But you got, you got to do the normal, do, do, by the way, do the short normal closing, not the long one. Is there a short and a long? I was just uh, I, I know, I yeah. caught it. All right, folks, listen, if you like what you heard, please tell a friend, tell a neighbor, just send them to revereasset.com. Tell them to sign up for our daily uh, uh, what does it say there, Tim? <laughs> subscribe. Just subscribe. Sorry, and I'm and, and we'll and we'll send this uh, podcast directly in their inbox and our daily market insight videos. We won't spam you in any way, shape, or form. It's up to you to reach out to us. If you want a topic discussed, if you want a complimentary portfolio review, or just have questions, you can email any of us, Dan at revereasset.com. That's me, the good-looking one. Tim at revereasset. Don at Revere Asset or Hunter or Alex at revereasset.com. And you can always call us old school at 855 Real Wealth. I talked about it yesterday for a few minutes uh, the dollar and interest rates. I don't want to go back to it um, and what, what that effect I believe has. Uh, on stocks and you can go back to the daily market insight like if you want to see like hunter was don was alluding to that hunter was talking about the pot go back to hunter's video uh and he'll you can get educated these we try to make the videos even though we produce them every day there's some evergreen nuance to them and, mm -hmm. a, and a lot can be gleaned i believe from them also one last note about danny here in america affectionately called america's fiduciary if you've got a uh, bum annuity meaning that and we covered this in last week's show don't be afraid to reach out to Danny. I'm telling you, Danny works miracles with people, getting them out of these horrid, horrid products. And if you don't know why they're horrible, uh, five minutes on the phone with Danny and you'll be like, oh. Because you bought the equivalent of a financial timeshare. That's what you, <laughs> and so um, now let's, uh, let's show you what I wanted to show you here because I made a mistake yesterday. I promised we had someone write in Hey, Tim, can you show me your ATR chart set up? And I promised it. At the start of yesterday's video, I actually said I was going to show this. And then I got so lost in my own thoughts during the video, I forgot. Even though I wrote it down and I mentioned it, I forgot. So here it is. Look, you, got to, um, you have to implement these types of settings, okay? You have to find the Keltner channels, go to Edit Studies, search for Keltner channels, and then you've got to adjust the settings. Click the sprocket, it's German, sprocket. Click the sprocket right here, and then uh, you can adjust to uh, be one in 21, two in 21, three in 21. And you do that a number of times, and what you get then are the uh, 21 down there, and then you get the ATR charts all set up for you. But listen, there's a club to help you with all this stuff, I, I, and I'm removed from it, meaning that there's a good, great group of folks that follow our work at Revere Asset, and they talk about it offline. So there's a community growing outside of this show. Like, uh, I'm, I don't know where I'm Revere pointing. Revere Asset, yeah. Yeah, like, like there's, there's a community. They're independent traders and yeah, investors. Yeah, and they're stock nerds and market lovers just like you, and they've got the white bar charts, they've got the ATR charts, and they're discussing things when we're not with you. And it's really cool that there's a community discussing our work and they're awesome folks. And if you want access to that, it's free. We don't, I don't, we don't run it. Uh, they're just great human beings. Just email me, timreverasset.com. I'll introduce you to, to Mark, Kat and Dan, uh, Catherine, a whole bunch of folks there that all they want to do is help stock nerds and market lovers uh, get better and get better themselves. We'll talk to you next week.
on your money.